Welcome to Your Torah, a 36-week journey into the world of the 63 books of the Mishnah, 18 minutes at a time. A project of Jofa UK, designed as a special invitation to engage in Torah and make it yours. This episode of Your Torah is dedicated by Rabbi Sarah Hurwitz to Dina Brower for this incredible initiative, and to all women passionate about Torah for all the wisdom that they bring to our communities. Hello everyone, my name is Rabbi Sarah Hurwitz. I am co-founder and president of Yeshivat Maharat, the first institution to ordain Orthodox women as clergy. And I have the joy and honor of knowing Dina Brower since she became a student almost four years ago. And I'm looking forward on being on this journey with all of you and with her as we study Mishnah together, leading up to her graduation. I am going to be introducing Seder Moed. Moed means appointed time or festival, and it is probably derived from Sefer Vayikra, the book of Leviticus, chapter 23, verse 2, where it says, Daber Israel Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, the Lord's appointed Mo'odeh, holy days, that you shall designate as holy occasions. These are my appointed holy days. The Lord, God, designates a day and makes it holy. And then the Torah goes on to list the biblical holidays of Shavuot, of Pesach, of Yom Kippur, of Rosh Hashanah, and of Sukkot. And indeed, most of the tractate of Moe deals with our calendar, the way we spend our time, by elevating the mundane and making it holy. So here's some facts. The order of Moed consists of 12 tractates. They include Shabbat, Eruvin, Psachim, Shkalim, Yoma, Sukkah, Beitza, Rosh Hashanah, Ta'anit, Megillah, Moed Katan, and Chagiga. We're going to delve a little more, more deeply into what each of these are actually about. But what I wanted to say is, after reading this list, there are two holidays that are actually not associated with a tractate. There is no tractate designated to it. I'll give you time to guess before I tell you a little bit later. All of the tractates in the Order of Moed involve major themes that revolve around the calendar. In nearly all cases, the tractates describe the observance of a special appointed day on the calendar. A word about the Jewish calendar. The calendar is based on three astronomical phenomena. The rotation of the Earth about its own axis, which is the understanding of how we designate a day. The revolution of the moon around the Earth, which is how we designate a month. And the revolution of the Earth around the sun, which is how we designate and understand a year. The Jewish calendar coordinates all three of these astronomical phenomena, and therefore months are either 29 or 30 days, corresponding to the 29 and a half day lunar cycle. Years are either 12 or 13 months, corresponding to the 12.4 month solar cycle. And in the fourth century, Hillel II established a fixed calendar based on mathematical and astronomical calculations. This calendar, still in use today, standardized the length of months and the additions of months over the course of 19-year cycles so that the lunar calendar realigns with the solar system. By the time of the Mishnah, the rabbis could calculate the lunar months precisely, but the calendar was still set according to the ancient tradition of relying on witnesses citing the new moon. 
Many of the Mishnayot in Tractate Rosh Hashanah help us understand how each holiday is designated in a particular month. Each new month was determined by the sighting of a new crescent moon, with two eyewitnesses required to testify to the Sanhedrin to having seen the new lunar crescent at sunset. As it says in the Mishnayot of Rosh Hashanah, chapter 1, number 7, If a father and a son saw the moon, they must both go to the court. That will take their testimony to potentially confirm the sighting and ratify the new month accordingly. And before Hillel II standardized the calendar, people had to let others know the date of a holiday through a system of messengers and fires. Again, in Rosh Hashanah, chapter 2, Mishnah 1, Barishona hayu masayin masuot, mishikelkalu hakutim, at first, bonfires were lighted on the tops of the mountains to transmit the appearance of the new moon. But when the Kutians or the Samaritans corrupted the process, it was ordained that messengers should be sent out. And so messengers were sent out. On six months, messengers go out. On Nisan, because of Pesach, on Av, because of the fast, on Elul, because of Rosh Hashanah, on Tishrei, to correct for the festivals, on Kislev, because of Hanukkah, on Adar, because of Purim. And when the temple existed, they also went out on Iyar, because of the little Pesach, of uh, Pesach Katan. The inability of messengers to reach communities outside of Israel before the mid-month, right before Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah is the first of the month, not in the middle of the month, um, led outlying communities to celebrate biblical festivals for two days rather than one, observing the two days of the holiday in the diaspora because of uncertainty of whether the previous month ended after 29 days or 30 days. So now that we understand how the calendar works, we can begin to understand the contents of each tractate. The Torah describes three pilgrimage festivals, Sukkot, Shavuot, and Pesach, as well as Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, by definition, the Torah describes some common denominators of these holidays. Just like Shabbat, one must refrain from melachot, from doing work, and each has a specific grouping of sacrifices assigned to them. And so, each tractate of the Mishnah outlines the sacrificial service one performs at the corresponding holiday during the temple period. In addition, each tractate deals with the specific mitzvah or ritual that is relevant to that holiday. And so, Psachim deals with the Passover festival. It's made up of 10 chapters and deals with not only the festival, but also the Paschal lamb sacrifice. Pesach has the twin requirements of ridding a house, your house of chametz, of leavened products, such as bread, and eating matzah, unleavened bread. And so chapters 1 to 4 are all about leaven. The rest of the book deals, as we said, with the sacrifices and other aspects of the Passover Seder. The tractate of Sukkah, or Booths, which is five chapters long, deals with the festival of Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles, and the Sukkah itself. How tall or small should the Sukkah be? How many walls should it have? And how much shade versus sunlight must penetrate through the roof? It also deals with the four species, the Lulav, the Etrog, the Hadas, the Arava, the Palm Branch, the Citron, the Myrtle, the Willow, which are waved on Sukkot. Chagiga is probably the shortest tractate in Seder Moed, just three chapters long, deals with festival offerings, 
And it, it takes these three pilgrimage festivals, that of Passover, Shavuot, and Sukkot, and describes the offerings that people were supposed to bring in Jerusalem when the temple stood. The next biblical holiday that we can describe and understand is found in the section of Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah means New Year, and in addition to dealing with the regulation of the calendar by the new moon, as we discussed already, it also deals with the services of the festivals of Rosh Hashanah, of the service that we say regarding Malchiot, kingship, Zichronot, about remembrances, and Shofrat, about the shofar. It also goes into details about mitzvot relating to the shofar. What size and shape must your shofar be? What happens if it's cracked? Do you fulfill the requirement of the shofar if you hear it through an echo, through somebody blowing it within a pit? You have to delve more deeply into the tractate of Rosh Hashanah to answer some of these questions. The next tractate is Yoma, meaning the day, also called Kippurim. This is eight chapters, and it deals with the Day of Atonement, Yom HaKippur, Yom Kippur. It deals with the prescriptions of Yom Kippur, the prohibitions of eating and drinking, of wearing leather, washing, anointing with oil or perfume, and having sex. It also deals at length with the ceremony by the Kohen Gadol. In addition, there is one tractate called Moed Katan, Little Festivals. It is three chapters and deals with Chol HaMoed, the intermediate festival days of Pesach and Sukkot. It asks the questions... Are these in-between days more like a holiday or more like a normal weekday? Are we allowed to cut our nails, shave, have celebratory events? Are we allowed to bury a loved one who passes and participate in mourning activities? Again, you have to look inside and delve more deeply to find out. I want to pause here to point out that although these Mishnayot deal with the ways the holidays was practiced in the temple period, By the time of the compilation of the Mishnah, the temple in Jerusalem no longer existed, and rabbinic Judaism had already begun to make its shift from a religion of sacrifices to a synagogue and home-based religion. Therefore, the many chapters devoted to the temple worship in the Mishnah held only theoretical relevance. Other services came to replace the function and role of the temple worship, And the transition is reflected in the emphasis placed on features of the holiday that took place in the home or in the synagogue, many of which occurred in very different form or not at all during temple times. The signature Pesach ritual is a prime example. Once centered on the eating of the Paschal sacrifice in Jerusalem, it shifted towards a retelling of the story of the Exodus from Egypt in the home through words and symbols of the Pesach Seder. And the 10th chapter of Pesachim provides us with many of the core elements of the Seder that we recognize today, including the four questions. As it says in chapter 10, Mishnah 4, they poured the second cup, and at this time the son asked the father, and if the son has insufficient understanding, his father instructs him, why is this night different from all other nights? But our calendar is made up of more than just biblical holidays. We also have rabbinically established holidays. A rabbinic holiday was established after the Tanakh had been canonized. Therefore, there is no prohibition to refrain from malachot, from work, and no obligation to bring korbanot, or sacrifice. The Mishnah of Megillah, or scroll, is four chapters long, and chiefly is about regulations and laws regarding to the reading of the scroll of Esther, the Megillah. It also outlines some of the other commands, like giving money to the poor, sharing food with our friends, and eating a festive meal. 
this tractate also goes on a tangent to discuss the reading of other passages from the Torah and Nevi'im in the Torah. Connected to tractate Megillah is Shkalim. Shkalim, or shekels, is eight chapters and deals with the collection of the half-shekel, as well as the expenses of the temple. Although Shkalim is not directly connected to a holiday, instead the tractate deals with the yearly head tax which required all adult males to deposit a half-shekel into the temple coffers to cover the cost of the temple services. But since the half-shekel tax was to be delivered specifically within the month of Adar, when we celebrate Purim, it too was integrally tied to the rhythm of the calendar, much like the holidays, and thus Shkalim also properly belonged to the order of Moed. The Tractate of Ta'anit does not deal with the ways in which we celebrate holidays, but how we observe fast days. Ta'anit, meaning fasting, is four chapters and deals with the special fast days in the time of a drought or other tragic events. The third chapter contains some of my favorite stories about Honi Hama'agel, the circle maker, who prays for rain and somehow magically makes it appear. Did you figure out the missing holidays yet? There is no tractate that is dedicated specifically to Shavuot, as it appears to lack its own distinctive rituals, although observances and laws of Shavuot are incorporated into the tractate of Chagiga. And there is no tractate that deals with the holiday of Hanukkah. Although the laws of Hanukkah are covered in Masechet Shabbat, my Hanukkah, the Gemara asks, what is Hanukkah? Which brings me to the final three tractates. Beitzah, egg, is five chapters, and it's called for the first word, in the Mishnah, chapter 1, Mishnah 1, Beit Sashin al Dabi Yom Tov, Beit Shamay Omrim, Teachel, Ubeit Hillel Omrim, Lo Teachel. If an egg was hatched on a festival, Beit Shamay says it may be eaten, and Beit Hillel says it may not be eaten. And so begins a set of laws that outline the prohibition of observing the biblical holidays, how one can prepare for and cook for the holiday, as distinguished from the 39 Malachot, the 39 prohibitions of Shabbat. Which brings us to the section of Shabbat. One may say that Shabbat is out of place in Seder Moed. Moed is about holidays, and yet Shabbat is the quintessential holiday of time. It is a symbol of freedom. When we were slaves in Egypt, we had no control over our time. We had to do and be where we were told. But on Shabbat, we rest, not just from labor, from work, but we also relish the ability to stop and dedicate our time an entire day to observances that enhance our daily mundane lives in the way that we want to spend it. And so Shabbat is made up of 24 chapters, and the tractate primarily deals with the laws relating to Shabbat and the activities prohibited on Shabbat, the 29 prohibitions, and distinguishes between biblical prohibitions and rabbinic ones. For example, the second Mishnah in the seventh chapter of Shabbat begins this way, Avot malachot arbaim chaser achat. The number of principles of malachot is 40 minus 1. And then goes on to list. Vahachoresh, vahakotzer, vahamamar, hadash. Sowing, plowing, reaping, binding sheaves, threshing, winnowing, sorting, grinding, sifting, kneading, baking, shearing wool, whitening, combining, dyeing, spinning, weaving, making two loops, weaving two threads, etc., etc., etc. It also discusses special rabbinic decrees to reinforce the concept of rest on Shabbat, such as the laws of muktza, things that may not be used or moved on Shabbat, and it deals with the ways in which we can positively enhance the sanctity of Shabbat by forbidding pursuit of business and discussing forbidden matters, and pursuing weekday activities called obdin bachol. One of the 39 malachot prohibitions gets its own tractate, Eruvin, Mixtures made up of 10 chapters and deals with an Eruv or a Shabbat bound 
a category of construction that alter the domain of the Shabbat for carrying and travel. The Mishnayot discuss three kinds of Eruvs, an Eruv Chatzerot, an Eruv which is a ritual enclosure that permits Jewish residents or visitors to carry certain objects outside of their own home on Shabbat. The Eruv allows these religious Jews, among other things, to carry house keys, tissues, medications, babies, strollers, etc. The presence or absence of an Eruv especially affects the lives of people with limited mobility and those responsible for taking care of babies and young children. It also deals with Erev Tachumim, which enables a traditionally observant Jew to travel on Shabbat or a Jewish holiday. And finally, Erev Tafshilin, which means mixed cooked food items, which in a sense is a bridge between the laws of Shabbat and of Yom Tov. Since you can cook on a holiday, but not on Shabbat, but you can also not prepare for a holiday before it is over, what do you do when you have a three-day Yom Tov, a three-day holiday? when Rosh Hashanah falls on Wednesday night and continues through Thursday night and then goes right into Shabbat. You make an Erev Tafshilin in the home on the eve of the holiday that directly precedes Shabbat. It is made by taking a cooked item and a baked item and placing them together. The Erev Tafshilin makes it possible to begin preparing for Shabbat before the holiday. And that, everybody, is a brief overview of Seder Moed. Don't you feel like you just traveled through the entire year in just 18 minutes or less? This episode of Your Torah is brought to you by Jofa UK, in collaboration with women from around the world who all share a passion for Torah study. If you are enjoying Your Torah, consider sponsoring an episode. Find out more by visiting ukjofa.org. Join the conversation on social media using the hashtag YourTorah.